Welcome, welcome to the Simply King Podcast. This is your boy Rodney Perry King himself. And you've just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans Simply Being Humans. And today is a very, very um, monumentous occasion. Um, I'm bringing back, uh, I, I might as well start calling my guest who, who can't come back multiple times, my correspondence, kind of on some Melissa Harris Perry stuff. And he seems to be my kind of direct, you know, political mindset type of individual who I love his, uh, his political perspective on just the days that we're living, especially coming from a young guy. So my brother, Sir Stretch is back, Stretch Green. How you feeling, bro? I'm well, all is well, and all is getting better. Oh, that's beautiful. But, um, we're, um, you know, November the 8th is coming up next week. Um, and I'm glad I'm recording this before because I really wanted to talk about a few things when it comes to this because it's been probably the most most I don't even know if I can call it just dumb I don't even know what to say most theatric most theatrical dramatic uh, like I've never seen an election like this and I'm not sure if an election like this has ever happened before so it's some really historical that all of these different elements that we have currently at place and regardless of who wins it's definitely going to be a historical moment and it's definitely going to be something very very interesting but uh let's jump right into it uh so tell me i don't have to ask you you know who you voting for or if you voting at all or whatever it is but tell me what do you feel about this whole since we first spoke about it um way back when when we did the politically incorrect episode um we kind of touched on it did you think that we was going to get to this point and we have to choose between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. I, I was very sure that Hillary Clinton was going to be up on the ballot, so I'm not surprised by that. But Donald Trump, man, <laughs> I think it just speaks to the to the, uh, the the silent, not even the silent voice, but like an old voice of America. Of just um, we're America. We're here to kick ass and take names type like rah-rah speech. I think and it's one of uh, the rallies he did. The, the crowd is cheering and then he just like, you were sick, you were sick. And I thought that was funny. I'm like, I, it, it's just like, you would never expect for a country that says to be the land of the free home of the brave and be so progressive, and I use air quotes on that, mm-hmm. progressive to, to support an individual like Donald Trump. That's very true. So, so surprised a little bit. I think I'm more disgusted and, and you really see what the true colors is. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say the other side, but the, 
the, the like I said, the old voice or the voice of America really is. And I don't think he's gonna win, but if he is to win, I definitely just reaffirm all of the, the, the I guess you say negative stereotypes of America. Uh, and it's not gonna do anything but just show the world that America is really, really. I won't, I won't say piece of shit, but maybe for a lack of better terms, kind of piece of shit, because, like, we, 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 we elect an individual who speaks disparagingly about uh, different uh, groups of people, and just freely, just like, yeah, all you got to do is add a couple of, you know, a couple of extra and Donald Trump's conversation, and then you have the conversation of the average uh, person. Uh, in America, you know, all those fucking ways you make a business or shit like that. I mean, that's pretty much what he said. You know, they're criminals, you know, things of that nature. So, we really got to get out there and vote. Yes. And we don't really got to the best options, but we can't, we can't sit aside and be like, man, I don't want to vote for Hillary because, you know, this, that, and the other, and I definitely don't want to vote for Trump for obvious reasons, but we got to go out there and say something. But if you don't say anything, that, that, um, that, uh, that Make America Great thing is going to be on every, uh, every bumper sticker, and they're going to start putting it on quarters somewhere in the corner. Like, you can't make America great. That's real, that's real. Like, our, our moniker for a while. Yeah. It's what's what's interesting to me is and I think about just, you know, when you just think about history, when has I guess when has uh I guess the black community ever really had good choices to choose from. You know what I'm saying? Like you got this person and that person. And I think for a large large, you know, part of uh just black history, it's we haven't been all involved into the the voting process because in most cases we're forever choosing the you know very southern charismatic racist or you know <laughs> closet racist, charismatic racist. <laughs> you know and then we're choosing this very kind of uh very either liberal conservatives individual who comes from you know somewhere else who just speaks in such a way you know and so it's like yeah. we have all these different varieties of, you know, just political figures and political identities. And we've always never really had somebody really in our corner. And I find it interesting how just in this election that words such as black, words such as disenfranchised, marginalized, uh, minorities, all these different words and terms were really, really heavily put into um, the election. They had to put they had to make it a part of their, you know, plan, but they're kind of like policies and just anytime they had speaking engagements. Do you feel that uh I guess like all of this was really just kind of like a way to kind of just, you know, get our attention in some small way, like look, this that and that cause with Obama, I, I can't remember I can't really remember how often he said the word black or said something specifically to black people, but I feel like it was gen genuinely who he was. He didn't even have to say the word. It's like, you're a black man, so everything, yeah. we're looking at you and it looks like you're saying black, 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 black. So I yeah. think for him it was a lot easier, but them 
kind of coming at this approach like look i'm cool too i you know I, you know, yeah, they I have to pander. They, they got to do the song and dance a little bit. They definitely do. They definitely do for us. But how, I guess, how effective do you think it is for the black community and just all minority groups in general? Do you think it's been effective at all for this election? How effective do I believe the, the, the pandering has been in this election? Is that the question? Yes. Oh. Uh, on Hillary's side, I mean, I believe we're kind of going with the, the default. I mean, the default being the Democratic Party and not necessarily Hillary. Mm-hmm. And we've got a lot, lot of older black people who support Hillary because they support the bill. So, is it working? I mean, no. I say no because, uh, and I just heard this yesterday. The, the millennial turnout of votes, especially the black millennial turnout of votes, is lower than it was in the past two elections. Mm-hmm. So obviously, somebody's not doing something right. Yeah. Or she ain't pandering hard enough, she ain't whipping the name hard enough, she ain't, she ain't, she ain't twist the ankles, you know, trying to walk it out. <laughs> so she, we don't believe it. Yeah. One, and then two, I think we've come to the realization that all we have to pick from are two of the lesser leaders. And it's sad that if you're picking two of the most easy, you're still picking the easy. Mm-hmm. So, Always. I mean, we, 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 we don't need pandemic, it's the thing. Yeah. We need people who are, who are genuinely in, interested and invested in what the black struggle is in America. Very for true. For us to, to, to really, like, back them 100%. And, like I said, it's a little shaky on Hillary. It is. Yeah, it's obviously, it's obviously shaking. I'm telling Donald Trump, okay, to yeah, his, discuss that. Like, yeah, that, that's obvious. Very. When I say he's pandering, what? Uh, I'm not, I don't think he pandered. I think he was just talking about, I, he's talking from his perspective. And people yeah. who live from that perspective resonate with it. Because to some degree, uh, it comes off genuine from Donald Trump. Yeah. So that's why you ask people at uh, his rallies, you know, like really going to bat, literally, you know, getting physical with people over his opinion and, you know, over, uh, you know, being supportive of him. So, I don't think Donald Trump has been pandering. He's just been uh, being Donald Trump. That's real. And that's, that's, it's real interesting how, you know, you do have that, like, back and forth. You got Hillary, who's really trying to prove to people, like, look, like, she, she, I know she's been annoyed throughout this whole campaign and just from her campaign commercials, she's really like, I can't believe this dude, man, I got to sit here and prove myself against, you know what I'm saying? Which is sad. But, um, but also, you know, she does have her own, you know, kind of, you know, shit to clean up and shit to kind of straighten out, not just for black voters, but just for voters in general, you know, because we, we care yeah, about our own interests. That, you say what? That genuine, she's lacking that, that, uh, that, that sense of, of genuineness. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you get that feeling around Hillary, like she she kind of putting on a face, like yeah. in a situation. Yeah, at it, least when I look at it. I mean, that's 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 how I view her. That's how I view her the majority of the time, and especially when she was at rallies with black people in them. It was kind of like she really, you know, she trying to seem. It's like you can tell a person who's just genuinely a warming individual, and she comes off so I guess so serious and so you know kind of like 
I'm like really annoyed or really above all this. I can't believe I'm like got to convince y'all to vote for me over him. But it's kind of like you got to think about it. You still got it's not only things that you're saying now, it's things that you said in the past that are still affecting us today and things that you supported in the past that people can't get over. And I think what's interesting is, you know, within my outline, I kind of, you know, I thought about when Bernie Sanders was still a part of the campaign and he won over a lot of young, young voters. He really ignited a lot of young voters. But I feel like he really, and his his approach wasn't a sense, like the man literally had his hair all disheveled, looked like, you know, people used to make jokes saying he looked like a disheveled professor. Like like you know what I'm saying? Like he, yeah, and and he, he, like everything about Bernie Sanders' campaign played on all of our generation's sensibilities because we're, you know, a Google generation, so we're going to check that track record, we're going to check to see what you're doing, and then we got old right, videos right. coming up of him, like, talking that real cash shit that we love, like, going to right. bat in, in the middle of the Senate floor, then you got pictures of him being, you know, snatched up with some other black woman at protests from, you know, decades ago from a young, you know what I'm saying, right. Bernard, and and then you got, <laughs> and then, you, you know what I'm saying, you got him over here, and he's talking about student loans, shit that we care about. He's talking about, you know, how we need to find equality and how we need to do more and do better about this, that, and the third. And it was like, and then black, black, black. He threw those words out there. And so he was playing on everyone's sensibilities. He was actually, you know, trying to hear out folks from um, the Black Lives Matters movements. He was pointing out certain injustices. He was playing on a lot of shit that everybody felt, you know, and it, it all made sense and there to was why. A, there, there was a sense of... Um, Genuineness. Yeah. He, 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 it came off genuine to, to a degree because, like you said, he has that track record. He's Googleable. You know, you see yep. when the examples you give, you know, it, 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 it comes from a genuine spot. But then mm-hmm. you, you kind of look at Hillary, like, you know, Manson Man has supported, you know, three strikes rules and, you know, who helped set up the prison industrial complex to yep. some degree. And, He's supposed to be like, oh yeah, she's for us. Like, what? what? Yeah, yeah, you I can't. Mean, you, you can't. You can't really predict the future off, off, off of uh, just words people say. But you can kind of look at the patterns of like the things they do, and you're like, you know what? The outcome may be this. Very, very true. On what you've done so far. Do I believe people change? Of course. Yes. But that brought up you know the fact that you know she's apologized for it. bill is apologized for it to, like at an ncaa at the ncaa cp apologies really i'm sorry i'm sorry to cut you no 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 go but ahead do apologies, but do apologies really send home those fathers who, who are taken from their families and put in jail exactly and, you know, have the experience exactly those kids who have to, who to grow up without their father and live in the neighborhood which a bunch of other kids who've had to grow up without their father exactly. have to figure out how to like help their mother or like learn how to just live in society. Like you, you can't undo that by just saying sorry or I apologize. Exactly. Like, Exactly. And that's see. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like that's why I can't get over because y'all making it sound like, and that, I mean, because I feel like that's how it, they do with every heinous thing within American history. They feel that all they got to do is issue a public apology. Throw, throw out okay. money, you know what I'm saying? Try to reconcile in certain ways, but it's like, no, you need to fix what Give you did. Like, you you gotta <laughs> fix what you did. You know what I'm saying? You gotta not only dismantle the the processes that you say you're now against. You should fight to dismantle those because a lot of them are still active, still in effect, and have grown to be monsters of machines of industry. 
not only that is you gotta just back it up. Like words, words are empty if all you're doing is saying, "Oh damn, my bad." Ah shit, I didn't even know that was gonna end up like that. My bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. You you you. Now you you know you ain't got no daddy and shit. He in jail still. He probably gonna die there or whatever. But you cool. You know what I'm saying? You I right, you out. You know what I'm saying? But you got all types of issues. You got depression issues. You got you know you got you know black man identity issues. All different types of shit going on with you because you just was missing that piece. And also you you fearful as hell that you could end up in the same position because you still might be in the same area where your pops got. You know what I'm saying? Put down into the system and. Not, and like just forever a part of it you know it's like no true yeah. like bringing back into the society you know when you go to jail so that's why so many people are so fearful fucking fucking jail because it's like if i go and not only if i go but if i go and i'm a black man then it's over like i'm gonna really have to like life about to get real real hard even if exactly. i make it through my time i'm gonna have to like be on parole yeah you got that step exactly you got that step you get in jail you might not get hired. I mean, that's that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But what I think, with it, let me let me segue real quick. What I think was interesting, um, and watching the last presidential debate, mm-hmm. was that there was no discussion or nobody brought up police brutality. Now, whether whether or not they were to speak from it from the angle of what's been happening in the black community thus far, that that that's been happening for a long time, but now we see on on camera and on tape. They didn't bring up police brutality at all because, I, I, and I and I find that astonishing. Like, is that not a, a, an issue? Does the world, does the America not see this as an issue in uh, society? So, I think. I tell, think. Tell me what you think about that. I I do I do believe that the interesting part about it all, and just with all the shit coming out about you know the Lil Wayne's and. And all these people who are coming out with just all different types of people coming out with some all, all lives matters type of perspectives. Literally, people are not people are so bent up on not agreeing with each other, not actually pointing out that this is a wrong act. That's why we haven't gotten anywhere just yet because there's not a collective. This is wrong. You see what I'm saying? Like we can't even agree that what is happening is wrong. Not even talking about how often it happens. Not even talking about who has been happening to the most. But specifically, these situations are wrong, right? What do we get? We get, well, I don't, I can't say that. I don't know enough information. Well, I can't, uh, being a person who's, you know, who knows police officers or being, uh, I used to be one, I can't say that, you know, that he was wrong on how he did his job. It's like, no, you, the facts are out. Like, we know all this shit. We, like, they, after all these different stories, everything is let loose. We literally are seeing each thing within each step within large detail. And yet, even after the aftermath of all those different things, we'll still sit here and say, Trayvon, you know, was kind of in the wrong. This person was, he shouldn't have been doing this. It's like, whoa, it's like, and that's the divide. And I think when it comes to that scale, the seeing that that everyone knows that they're colliding Amongst America on those issues, because everyone knows about them now. You can you can you can try all all day to say that you don't know this is what's happening, but by this time and that this the propensity that has been happening, just the frequency that has been happening, you know about this shit. I don't give a damn if you live in the best white suburb in America, you live in middle America, you cannot ignore this because this is news and this is real. So the fact that it's not a, a issue at the top level of government definitely shows you where their priorities are. I mean, we, we already know what their priorities 
I feel like their priorities really weren't ever on our hands. And they feel that they always push these types of things onto the states. But the thing about it is the states try to push this on to the, to the government. Or they, the states will just be like, well, we don't need no damn help because we'll rectify this on our own. We don't need the, the federal, you know, the federal help because we want to handle this in our own way, which usually is some fuck shit. You know what I'm saying? That's when you got all this militarized uh, departments and they're getting all this funding to do all this fuck shit that cops don't even need to do. That's what's crazy. Like, I believe cops, could, like, police reform should be on a level where police officers damn near all, they almost gonna be a step up from security guards for the world. You feel me? Like, that's it. Because they don't need this much power seeing how much education they get from this. They shouldn't have this much power, period. Like, you, if you literally have only gotten, you know, this much education, you should not have that much power to do things. A doctor has, you know, damn near a decade of education yeah. because he's about to mess with people's lives. He's about to literally have his hands on somebody's heart, literally. You are going somewhere for six weeks or however long your academy is, which usually is never, not even a few months for the most cases, um, for a simple, just to get on that beat. And you literally don't know much. You literally probably, de you, de you, you didn't have to go to college. Your qualifications are pretty low. And you literally out here with a gun. You got all the types of tools to literally go and like do, be a mass fucking murderer if you just up and just had a bad day. Like you could literally be that person if you wanted to. And now that we're seeing a, a repetitious uh, cycle of, oh, I can fuck up. I know I fucked up. But I can make it through because these men ain't getting in trouble and their situations was worse than mine. You know what I'm saying? All I did was, was shoot a brother I thought had a gun. They shot a brother they knew didn't have one. You know what I'm saying? So it's like not every situation is becoming even more of a like a target or more of a like a trigger because it's like, okay, if I if I do just trigger, if I am kind of trigger happy, it's cool because I might make it through because these guys making it through, you know? So but to what did you, I know you've seen um your 13th uh, documentary on uh, Netflix, right? Yes, I do. Tell me what you what what'd you think about it. Uh, I think it brought a lot of what I've personally like just looked into with that research on into like one piece. Like put all the pieces of the puzzle, or at least part of the puzzle, together and like depicted it very well, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it speaks to it speaks to what the, the, the underlying um, workings of this machine called America is based on. Uh, and I feel like if you continue to watch the, 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 the video, the documentary, that you, you can't look at anything else around you and not see how uh, police brutality is a, is a large issue. And then not even just police brutality, the uh, incarceration rates and things of that nature. I think the scariest part of the of the, uh, of the documentary was when uh, they were talking about the commissioner of oh uh, Alec yes yeah uh, the, the, the guy he had the classes on but they were talking about like uh, parole and uh, new ways to do parole or whatever mm -hmm. having like a, a system that uh kind of like 
monitors the, the movement and motions of like parolees or whatever. Yeah. And he, he, the thing he said, he said, he said, well, help me keep the streets safe. You don't mind if you make a little money, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he was like, You don't mind if I make a dollar if we keep these streets safe, right? Exactly. You don't mind. You don't mind how I do it. Just, just let me keep your streets your, your street safe. That, that's crazy. And, that, and so, that's so crazy. Oof. And then I think a, a good part also when they touched on, and this kind of goes back to what you said earlier, uh, when black people don't really, they have, don't really have a. Uh, uh, a choice when it necessarily comes to voting, we kind of default to like uh, the Democratic Party, or, or you know our choices are are pretty skewed, and we have to struggle to make a decision. But when we did have the the the, um, the the option or the structure to start making those decisions, they tore that apart. And and I speak of you know the Black Panther Party, uh, that movement in which we had leaders who were uh, politically educated and economically educated and yeah. socially educated and understood what the issues in the community were and understood how to help improve the, the lives of people in, you know, the inner city or working class communities and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And what we have to go back to doing, uh, and what we have to go back to doing is going back to self-sufficiency because We've, we've always been running and looking for this outside answer. Like this, for this candidate is for the black community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go vote for them or whatever. But when, in all reality, you know, the, the only way for a revolution to happen is when, when a, a body of people, when oppressed people, come together and say, "This is not right. We're gonna start taking steps and making action yeah. for us to, you know, be represented in this country." You know. Yeah. Um, Great documentary. I do recommend it. Uh, it, 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 it definitely uh, shows a history from uh, when black people were transitioned from slaves to prisoners to, to prison slaves. And, and I think uh, that's that's and, that's real. The the best part about it. I'm glad like they really centered everything around like calling the, the documentary Thirteenth Amendment. Um, because of the 13th Amendment and highlighting that point of that literally the prison system that we have today and the reason why it's it was a goal for it to get to this point of just a very, very heavy, heavy black population within prison and the fact that, um, that slavery ends and the prison system, you know, is initiated, you know, nationwide. You know, now there's a need for prisons that that was crazy to me it's like there wasn't a need before because you know a large majority of the population was enslaved the people who weren't enslaved were either rich or poor you know making a few dollars on these plantations or working in these factories in the north or being business people you know what i'm saying so it's like it's so interesting that they literally were so so against kind of like li- the true liberation and I, i've I've told, you know, people I've worked with and everything, I've kind of tried to, you know, try my best to school, you know, folks who don't know at my job all the time, especially we get into deep conversations. I make sure that, you know, oh, oh, y'all just opened up, uh, you know, can of beans right now. So I'm going to drop some shit on you. You just said something now. So I'm going to go ahead and give you you some facts. And like I remember telling them about uh, how a lot of them thought that, you know, 
Abe Lincoln kind of freed the slaves for these, uh, I guess, moral reasons. Like he, he finally, he was the only president of all these fucking, pre of all these 15 other presidents who came before him who grew a conscience and thought, oh, you know what? We need to free these slaves. This is this ain't this ain't it. You know this ain't right. You know we can't have our whole. We can't have citizens lock. You know working for us for free and all that. That's not the case. The case truly was it was economical. It was an economical problem. We were trying to build trying to build onto a capitalistic society. Capitalist society is fueled by consumerism. We can't have a large, large, large portion of our population who is doing things to that could possibly make money, not have any money to put back into the world. You see what I'm saying? And I had to explain to them that if you have a very small majority of the world that so back then you had the extreme high class who were people who owned these businesses, owned these plantations, were heavy within the slave industry or with heavy within manufacturing, who had a lot of fucking money. And then you had the people who worked for those people who were white, who got a little bit of that money. And you had the slaves, which is a very large portion of population. If all these people have money and you have this very small kind of section of middle class whites um, who got money, not everything's gonna cost a stupid amount of money. You know what I'm saying? Milk and cheese and shit gonna be like a hundred dollars. It's like everything gonna be too much because we know you got it. Like the money, all the money in the world is in just white hands. So in like foreigners' hands, so that's it, you know. So we right. need to open the floodgates. We have all these people. If all these people have a little bit more money to spend, we can split up. We can marginalize. We can create different industries. We can split up how these things go and still have expensive things. But we can have cheap things that we can make millions off of. So it's like right. we need you to free them damn slaves. Uh, of course, the South rebelled, and there we have it—the Civil War. And like they were so like amazed by that it was just like damn that's why i was like that yeah that's exactly why it was never no we like y'all because if that was the case then they literally would have created systems if they if they if it was really a moral decision to free slaves they would have created systems would have created programs to reacclimate into the populace literally would have gotten would have had, you know, different type of housing situations, would have had jobs, all types of jobs lined up. But that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? What the government did was once they won the war, they literally for majority of the a lot of majority of the uh, slave owners either went broke or got a stimulus package from the fucking government. That's why so many of them are still good to this day, still got their plantation still to this day. And they didn't go broke because they actually were, you know, kind of saved by the government. And it's just, it's, it's terrible, it's terrible, but that's the history that we know. And I do have another question. Is it, cause I feel like, you know, they aren't appealing to black millennials and just millennials, a lot of millennials in general, and a lot of millennials are pushing each, each other and forcing each other and shaming each other even to vote. And cause a lot of us just aren't, don't even have, you know, really lost interest in voting at all. It's kind of like- There are, there are commercials on YouTube <laughs> Before any, before most of the videos I've seen on YouTube, mm -hmm. that um, like, oh, we've had to listen to them all year, and they like show like different pictures of each candidate, and then it's, it's now, and then they're like, it's now, it's now time for them to listen to us, broad and vote. So that was interesting. It is interesting, and and marketing voting, marketing, and but do you think 
it's what do you feel about this argument of you know because I've seen so many different people kind of shame it, let this, our peers um, people of our age kind of shaming each other bringing up you know I you know I ancestors fought for our rights and it literally kind of basing that you need to vote for someone or for something uh, off the strength of someone fought for you to do it so do it because they 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 did that for you you see what I'm saying how do you feel about that stance do you feel like that's the motivation people should have to vote or is it kind of like I guess I don't know um, that's just kind of reaching I guess I think uh, our ancestors fought for our right to uh, have a voice and control our voice. Yeah. And one of those ways was voting. But if our voice says, we will not fuck with either one of these candidates and we're going to do something else and we go do that, I think that's more so what our ancestors fought for. For us to, 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 to uh, make the decision that as a, as, a, as a community of black people, we want to make a decision that is sound enough for us mm-hmm. in this country, because is in, in in all reality is one call. So like you, you got it's it's broken up. In, I'm, I'm tripping over my words right now. You you have uh, all for himself. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, every, every man for himself. And, and when I say that, not necessarily uh, individuals, but more so individual groups, you know, Asians, uh, Jewish, so on and such forth, whatever uh, ethnicities you have. Um, and they get to make their decisions. In their communities, they get to make their decisions. If they want to build, you know, block apartments, you know, they can do things like that. They have power to make these decisions on their own. Very true. The black community does not. We, we, we sit, we, if anybody is the most, you know, the least or the most, uh, regulated community, I would say it has to be the black community. For sure. We we, we got to escape the regulation of, you know, the country because that's what they're doing. Like, I forgot who said it. Stokely Carmichael said civil rights, the civil rights bill was not for black people, it was for white people. First of all, because it, it told the white man that when this man goes into this, uh, into this establishment, you leave him alone. He can be there. We knew that already. We are, he was, we are born to, to experience the land that, that, that we see with our eyes. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why do we have to have civil rights to tell other people that, oh, don't do this to me when I'm here, or you know, allow me to walk into this space? Yeah. It, so we, we have to, like I said earlier, we have to go back to being, or, or get to being self-sufficient and uh, being able to, to soundly make those decisions and not be forced into a vote and not be shamed into a vote because, oh, my ancestors forfeit. I mean, yes, they forfeit our right to vote, but they fought for our right to have a voice and to make the decisions for our community. Very true. And, and be able to guide the shit that is the black community in whichever direction sees fit for the black community. Very true. Very true. And I, I think what's interesting is Living in Chicago, I realized, you know, exactly what you said first was, you know, we're definitely the most regulated because we I feel like within all these different communities within Chicago, you do have people who gain, you know, positions of power that look like the people within that community. You know, you got aldermans and councilmans who are black, you know, over a black, you know, ward or over a black uh 
part of town, um, in Spanish uh, parts of town within Chicago, you have, you know, Hispanic leaders, you know, men and women who are leading these communities, you know, so on and so forth. And and that continues. And I feel that it's interesting because I was like speaking to somebody, the same person when I was having this conversation just about slavery and the conversation kind of turned into, you know, the advancement and development in general. And I feel like there's so much opportunity, like just for specifically for Chicago and probably for every major city. So much opportunity. They, when you come to Chicago, no matter who you are, and one interesting thing about 13th was that everyone believes that, you know, being black and being criminal are almost one in the same. You see what I'm saying? We even believe that with ourselves, you know? We're, we're just as weary around our people as everyone else is. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you lock your doors. Make sure you do this. Make sure they don't rob you. Make sure they don't, you know, we're, we're just as, you know, and these are people that look just like us. But I, what I was saying about development is you, you come to Chicago and they tell you, you know, don't go to here, don't go there, don't go to this block, don't go to this hundred this, don't go to this 60 this, don't go to 70 this. And I'm like, that's a lot of fucking city. Like you are literally <laughs> telling me I can't go to almost a quarter, like a quarter of this whole fucking city. Like that is yeah. that is that is absurd to me. Like everyone else in the city can be comfortable with that, but that is disturbing to me. That the fact that everyone, everyone, I was talking to her and she was like, "Oh yeah, you're right. I would never." And I was like, "But why?" I was like, "Have you ever, have you ever actually been to that side of town? Like I know what you hear on the news. I know what you hear on this. I've heard the same thing. Everyone else in the world." You know, it's crazy. Live, I see why so many people from Chicago are always having to defend Chicago because it's like, I'm from here. I've lived here. I got people I know from here. You know, good people I know who are from those places, but these people are being demonized and these places are being, you know, labeled as places that if you go there, you're going to die. If you go there, you're going to get yeah. shot. If you go there, you're going to get into some mess. You see what I'm saying? And it's like, damn. Like, that is a problem. That is something that should be fixed. That is a major, major issue. And it's so much opportunity. You already have all of that. All those areas are filled with nothing but, you know, black and brown people. They, they're already a sense of, there's already is kind of this infrastructure and this setting for people to build a great community. You see what I'm saying? And that's what's interesting. We have all these communities throughout the nation where they're extremely black, extremely hood, but no one is developing these nations because you're content. So many people are just content with being on Section 8, you know, being on kind of this governmental control, but it's like you all are all within these places and there's no actual energies to develop these places, clean up the streets, actually plant grass in these some and some of these projects. You know, kids don't even get to see fucking grass. You know what I'm saying? That's a that's a real interesting thing that they can't even really be with nature. All they seeing is fucking cement walls and blocks and dirt and dirt yards. You know what I'm saying? And just cleaning up the streets will add more uh, job opportunities, upkeep, and just coming through like all these different great communities without throughout the world they got this, something called HOAs you know the homeowners associations and they got fees that they got to pay every month these fees keep the whole fucking area exactly the same way and the same quality the grass gonna all be the same everybody lawns gonna look good the community pool gonna stay clean the security guards gonna stay paid and happy because they're paid fucking well you know what I'm saying they're gonna do their job well because they paid well and 
if you have all those different things, you have community policing within these neighborhoods. If you have people who understand the people who are there and live there, you can develop something. You know what I'm saying? If you can actually give, you know, stipends and loans to people who want to create restaurants, want to create all these different things within this city, within this one small part of town, just so they can create and have a living and a business for themselves. That's how you develop. That's how you truly, truly make your city great. But I feel like only developing, you know, certain parts and changing whole sides and, you know, gentrifying what you feel like you should gentrify. It's sad. You know, that's not the way to do it. You know, you can have these flourishing neighborhoods and that's only going to make the whole city look good. But that's not an interest that everyone has. And I had to tell them that, you know, even if it is a black politician, I feel like for the longest, we were so bent up on getting people that look like us in places of power. And once we finally did that, now we're just content with just, you know, keep seeing, you know, black aldermans and black mayors and things like that. But what we need to do now is make sure they do what the hell they need to do. You know what I'm saying? Because it was all about just getting them there. Now they got to do their job if they're going to be there. Because if not, exactly. we can get somebody else. You know what I'm saying? If just white, because exactly. we at the point now, if this white man showing that he going to do the job, fuck, fuck anybody else. We just, we'll take him then. Because we just need some progress. Yeah. We need something done. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Nah. And we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't bank on the white messiah. Oh, but no, 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 not like, not like that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that's what I feel like. That's what people are. That's the, that's the point. That's the point people are getting towards. Cause they like, like, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, if you keep putting, you know, all these different people, that's exactly what people end up moving and maturing to become. But I think the, the ironic thing is we still here and sit around and wait for white Jesus, mm-hmm. but with they describe Jesus, he was bronze-skinned, bronze-skinned, and hair like lamb's wool. And you look around, you look in the mirror, and you don't notice you bronze-skinned, hair like lamb's wool. Like, why are you still looking for white Jesus? Yep. That's when real. the answer is right there, looking at you in the mirror, I think, you, you, you got to start understanding that. Like, have to. The answer right there. It's right there. you looking too far. you going too far to look for the answer. Very true. Cause that is not nowhere outside. Cause the outside don't understand what's going on, going on inside. What's what's the saying? Mm. The people on the inside can't explain it. And people on the outside don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. And my last my last uh, question for you is: America into this like whole election period has been so astonished by the following of Trump and like who that really consists of. Um, being somebody who's from the South, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. <laughs> I knew these people existed. I knew that there was a lot and a tons and tons of people who still had a, a lot of these beliefs and were very, very quietly, you know, keeping them within their own circles. I mean, they got a flag. Of course they exist. <laughs> of course they exist. So what do you I know? Tell me if you weren't surprised. How did you feel about the, I guess the, kind of like the, I guess the reception to all of this new, seemed like newfound <laughs> information for the rest of the world and the rest of the nation who was seeing these people who going to the polls and going to these Trump rallies. What do you feel? What What do you feel about you know? What does that say about America today that they're like astonished that these people are like, I guess around exist still have these ideals and supporting a man I like think- him. You saying what do I think about the people who are surprised that the people who support Trump? Yeah, what do you think? What do you think that says about America that we 
are astonished that that even is a like these I, people I are exist. Even, I think we, we haven't. Well, not even we, because I've been paying attention. Mm-hmm. The American public, the, the masses, haven't been paying attention. They're not been paying. I'm a new Diallo. Like you, you go back, Emmett Till, like way back, all the all these things, like that 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 show our not even our behavior, but the behavior of uh, the the racist part of America. You know. Racial profiling, like these things exist in structures. That's in, you know, police departments, things of that nature. They exist in systems. If you don't think, if you, if you, if you don't notice that they exist in systems, you don't notice that they exist socially. Like just socially, people, people believe these things. And like you said, people uh, kind of go through motions so much that it seems normal, and they don't take into consideration that. Yeah, that, what you just textbooks are starting to write that the Civil War was not about slaves. It was about, uh, I think, what did they say? It was about something else. They, they said it wasn't about slavery. That, was, that wasn't what the Civil War was about. And mm. now they're changing the narrative of the Civil War and making it seem like, you know, it was just a big disagreement uh, and, you know, the South necessarily weren't bad guys. They just had their position that they were strong on and they wanted to fight for their rights or whatever. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like now you gonna look now you gonna look at the Confederate flag like some type of heritage piece of memorabilia when what the flag stood for was protecting the southern way of life. Mm-hmm. And what was included in the southern way of life is having slaves. Slaves to work your fields, make you money, and you treated them like whatever because they were tools more so than people. Mm-hmm. So for the people to be surprised and I'm gonna just go back, the people to be surprised that these people exist, that, that Trump has, has rallied these people together is fucking absurd. <laughs> it's really absurd. Why have you not been paying attention all these years? I, I believe Why have you not why I, have you not been, you know, actually um, looking around and noticing something ain't all the way right. Why why black people have a million man marches and stuff like yeah. Well, you think we did that for like for our health? Like, yeah. They marched from Selma all the way on for fun. Yeah. Like that shit was just like, yeah, we 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 out here on this health thing. You know, we try to eat right, live green type shit. We gonna do a million man march. No, that's not what it was about. Yeah. It wasn't about that. Yeah. All those movements. No. It was about a, a, a racist society that has captured Africans, turned them into to niggas, hung them. And then gave their offspring the title of black and put them into into society and told them we're going to regulate you. Yeah. Just listen to what we said. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is there's two things I feel like affect, and that's why you get to this point to where you have a large portion of America like upset and mad at these people, you know, that look just like them. It's two things, because it's either straight up you know purposeful ignorance or uh 
will, willingly, like willingly avoid, like willful avoidance. You know what I'm saying? You got okay. the people who are astonishing, are surprised, are willfully avoiding actually realizing what's going on. That's the people who live in the north side of Chicago, scared to come to the south side because they believe that they're going to be in danger. So instead of coming down here and seeing that it ain't shit to be afraid of, they don't. You know what I'm saying? Or they treat it as a, as a you know, a dangerous or interesting cultural experience. And they're unaware and they make sure they stay unaware because they don't want to have to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? They want to, if they don't have to know, because once you know, like once we know that at America is, you know, it's killing people overseas for fucking oil and shit like that, you can't get that out your mind. You can't erase that from what you know of the country that you are residing in. And, and if that's the case, then you got to keep it away from you. You got to avoid even coming in contact with it. You don't got to know how hard it is for black people if you ain't got no black friends. You know what I'm saying? If you don't got no black acquaintances, if you don't understand what that world is like. That's why so many people get so astonished to hear that uh, police brutality is a real thing. It's like, what? Those things are that only happened once or twice to Rodney King and that other person. And that was one off situations. Those don't happen that often. You know what I'm saying? And realizing now once you see that it is a thing and that it is, it does happen all the time and it happens very often, now they like try their best to avoid it now. It's like they know it exists, but if I don't have to see it, if I don't have to be around it, I don't have to realize it and do something about it. You know what I'm saying? And ignorance, of course, are these people who just stick into what they feel like they know, what has been the way of the ways for a lot of Southerners for so long, and they just want to keep that way. That's why make a great, make America great again, and all that bullshit is something that's appealing specifically to them. That they know exactly what that means, because they thinking, oh, a great, great again. Okay, so that means we about to, you know, have, we got to kill, you can kill some darkies if you want to, and we can kick their ass out for shit that we want to kick them out for, and it's gonna be real. It's gonna be good. We're gonna be able to be actual like pleasant you know i can we can live alone in our white utopia just separate stay away and it's stupid it's really really stupid but i want to know um you got anything to say to the people who are out here listening to about just election and when it comes to voting what is your parting words for everyone who's listening when it comes to voting because they about to vote soon and it's coming i'm I'm gonna put this out like tomorrow (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to say go ahead and vote. Vote for who you think should be in office or who you think is going to, you know, be at the helm of the, the great and mighty United States. But after you make your decision, realize that shit is going to change, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Then realize that shit's going to change, but you can do something about it. You got no choice but to do something about it. Because unless you want to live life, Whatever the, the, the next four years is going to be like, and you want your kids to live that way, then cool, do nothing. Just vote. But don't just vote, is what I'm saying. Don't just vote. If you got to get out in the communities to start mentoring or something, you, you have to, we got to go back to fixing us. Yeah. Because we're we not right. Our communities are not right. Yes, there are rich black people. Kudos to them. You know what I'm saying? Because it's great that there are rich black people. We need those people. And we also need the people who, who are rich, the people who are who are talented, who are intelligent, who can who can speak well, who can, you know, draft up, you know, business plans, who can do numbers, who can, you know, code. We need all our black resources. Yeah. Because at this point, 
You know, this shit is this. If we don't do shit, we ain't gonna have a shit. Yeah. Ain't gonna be a shit. Ain't gonna be a plot of land. Ain't gonna be a politician for no niggas in America. Yeah. At all. Poor, rich or poor. So don't just don't just vote. Don't just vote. Mm-hmm. Vote and then figure out how you can even if you are just donate, you know, a, a, a couple of hours on the weekend and just go speak to some kids because a kid needs just words of encouragement as much as 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 any adult. But Very I think true. you have to realize also, and this is speaking directly to you know millennials, you know, people in our age bracket is that Fred Hampton was twenty one. Fred Hampton was twenty one when they killed him. Twenty one. The revolution is not led by the old because they cannot, they can, they don't know how to navigate in some in certain situations. They don't know certain, certain social norms that have become norms over time. They they don't know these things. I've I've noticed that the importance of generations, the the older generation is supposed to teach the younger generation how things have been going, and the newer generation, the younger generation is supposed to uh, intake that information. And then apply the new things, patch up the, the, the new things in this picture and figure out how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And that generation, the generation in the middle, I guess you could say us as the millennials, are supposed to go back and push the, 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 the generation after us to take our footsteps. Because yeah. we have we have nothing else to do. Yeah. Being being the you know I mean, the, the, the CEO of the you know, next Fortune five hundred company, that's great. Great aspiration. Wonderful. But the people that look like you are still out here homeless, you know, struggling to get another meal, find a place to live. You ain't really succeeded too much. You gotta go back. You gotta say something. You gotta you gotta put in work. You gotta put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. And you gotta put your feet to the pavement and keep going because we we was we were in 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 cryostasis for a little bit, you know, after our ancestors who were fighting after Fred Hampton died, you know, after they killed Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, the revolution, the movement, the 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 the, the, the direction of our ship has been halted. We've been in fog. It's time to like figure it out and do something else. That's real. That's real. And I love I love I love those words. And my regal advice for everyone who's listening is these is these words right here. If you're going to vote, vote your own interest. If no one appeals to your interest, you may abstain if you like. It is your right as well. No matter the shade, no matter the color. Get involved in your local elections as well because they are just as crucial as presidential elections. Elections happen throughout these you know, four years during terms where re-elections, you know, people going and trying to get back into their offices if you don't like the way your area is you don't like the way your city is you don't like the way something about where you live what's going on and how it's being governed the problem just may be because there's a fucking mayor who's been there for two decades <laughs> who's literally not done much development and, collecting a check. and just collecting a check you see what i'm saying that's why you know people like the giuliani's of the world and situations like that have put a very stain on the culture because they've been able to govern with their own ideals 
and they can keep getting reelected and they can keep getting back in these situations because we don't always vote within our elections. And we're always pressured to vote so much within our uh, presidential elections. But that all of those campaigns, all this talk about voting in elections never comes around. It's never the, as strong of a campaign of a propaganda until election year comes and we got to vote for the highest point within the government. But we need to be able to do what is the closer to us first, and that's go and elect people who need to be in those places. And I also challenge the people who are young and do who are millennials who aspire to be those, you know, those councilmen, those community leaders to do just that. Put yourself in position so you can be those people that people vote for and ignite the folks around you because you've made change you're making change happen as, as, as of now and also get other people involved in that change that you have going, you know? And I feel like you made a good point, Stretch. Fred Hampton was 21 years old, you know what I'm saying? And he had, he had, his, he had children, he had, he had a girl, you know what I'm saying, a wife, and he was literally galvanizing every type of person. And that was the most scariest thing for America because once you... Because being divisive and dividing people and being able to control the images and being able to control the minds, control the self-esteems of millions of people is control over their money, over their desires, over their dreams and aspirations. But if you free people and liberate people and tell them that they can have their own way of doing things and they can choose their own way, but they're in their own way because they're fighting against someone else who y'all both have a common enemy y'all both have common goals so y'all don't have to fight each other y'all can work toward with each other to obtain the goal that you both want you know what i'm saying so but i do feel that we do have to gain and really really refine and restructure and rebuild the black community and i, I suggest for everyone who's listening to this no matter who you are and what you are to re rebuild your community and get involved in any single way possible. And I'm not asking you to do something that you got to, you know, learn a new trade. Bring in your own profession. Bring in something that, you know, you do on the side, something that you used to do. You know, it can be from the arts to something technical. If you are a mechanic, even. Go, you know what I'm saying, volunteer at a high school. Become, you know, try to teach teach a few classes because these are the certain type of life skills that people need. You know, let's not always just have to resort to YouTube. Create programs for people for, for have children in these neighborhoods for something to do. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, until I got a car, didn't know how to do many things to a fucking car because I just never had to. You know what I'm saying? So now yeah. when you get one, you got to figure out how the hell when something happened to your car or how to know this is what's wrong or how to check what's wrong or how to check this and that and third. You need to know those things. So no matter what your profession is, no matter how big or small you feel like it is, help bring understanding to that because you never know who what those young minds will do. They, they may be the next, you know what I'm saying, next Henry Ford's, the next Tesla's, you know what I'm saying? No matter what you do, I don't even give a damn, you in waste management. Your little, your little uh, lecture on waste management and keeping shit clean literally could be the newest, could inspire the newest generation to innovate something for waste management. All those things matter. All those types of jobs that you have within the black community, I don't give a damn what they are, matter to these kids because they need to be inspired. They need to see people who are working, people who are aspiring to do more, people who are providing for their families, and especially males who are actually in their communities, have families, and taking care of their families. Do that damn shit. You know what I'm saying? Get involved. 
definitely vote. And if you, for some reason, can't vote this year because you didn't get registered, whatever, whatever, listen to what we both said. Get involved because trust me, there's going to be a lot of things happening when it comes to just elections. Stay in tune to what's going on in your area because if they fuck around and pass a bill that they starting to, you know, enslave motherfuckers again, you're going to be mad you missed the memo. So, <laughs> so definitely stay involved. Definitely stay aware of where you are and where you live and where you stay. And if you don't know now, you know, you can listen to the Simply King podcast on SoundCloud, as well as the Apple Podcast app, TuneIn Radio, also now Google Play and the Stitcher Podcast app. Um, you can also check out all things around uh Anything that I do on lifeisking.com, you can subscribe, directly subscribe straight from the site. Go to all those different things. You can see all the links. Um, you definitely can uh, keep up with Stretch. I forgot because you changed your uh, IG. You made a new one. What's your new one? I did. My, uh, well, it's not a new Instagram. It's the same one. Talk. Okay. You can look up Dark Tones, D-R-K, period, Tones on Instagram. You can find me on there. Um working on a project to, to bring some some type of a little bit of education to the movement and something to identify with because there, there are avenues in which we can do it but we don't necessarily go to those avenues because they seem too complex like mm-hmm. opening the book mm-hmm. <laughs> and reading the book you know so the aim is to bring digestible uh, points of information and something to identify with because we, we, we don't necessarily know where um, we can't we can't find that flag we're trying we gotta get the torch back yeah we gotta get so the torch Instagram, back Instagram Instagram DRK period tones okay and, um, yeah you can find me there oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah and I thank you all for listening Thank you all for tuning in. If you haven't checked out my last episode, I know it was Halloween theme, but it's a great message on that about culture. Culture isn't a damn costume, so definitely check that out for everybody who fucked over somebody and uh, did some fuck shit for their costume or seen somebody who did some fuck shit for their costume. I gave a few tips on the do's and don'ts. So next year, and any other little masquerade or costume party you may be invited to, you don't go dressed as a jackass. Go, so check, go check that out. Listen to this episode. Go out and vote. Go out and get involved. I love y'all. See y'all next week with another one. Appreciate it. See y'all later. This is Simply King. Peace.